You're listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Join your hosts, Michael and Jenna, as they discuss all things ORAU through interviews with our experts who provide innovative scientific and technical solutions for our customers. They'll talk about ORAU's storied history, how we're impacting an ever-changing world, and our commitment to our community. Welcome to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Happy Wednesday, and welcome to another episode of Further Together, the ORU podcast. I am your host, Michael Holtz, and I am co-hostless this week, so it's just me and our guest, who I'm very excited to talk about, Michelle Goodson, who works here at ORU and ORISE in scientific assessment and workforce development. Um, Michelle, welcome. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here today. We're glad to have you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Um, first question for you is, um, what brings you joy, Michelle? Okay, I'm very passionate about finding opportunities for our recent graduates and students who are in the STEM workforce. We have a team here who works tirelessly to find the best matches for these students so that they can contribute their well, um, let's see, their well-learned new talents. We'll have to redo that. <laughs> Darn. Oh, well, let's see, where, where do I want to start from that one? Um, Let's see. So they want to put their talents to work, basically. Yeah. So, um, so we we have a team of, of expert recruiters who really search out the best opportunities to match these students with their skill sets and the needs of federal agencies and national laboratories. We have found that over the years, our federal government has not had the best planning in place to. Um, to replace the retirees that are coming of age. And um, we're gonna have a big gap really soon. And we're already starting to see the impacts of that gap. But now more than ever, the skills aren't matching up with the needs of the agencies as well as the sheer numbers. And so that's what we're talking about today is the greening I guess, of the federal workforce, particularly the scientific workforce, which is where we bring our expertise to bear in terms of hiring or um, placing, depending on which side of the house and which agency we're working with, um, folks to, to be in research participation opportunities or to work for agencies in various capacities. We get to step in and sort of help that happen, bring in younger workers, um, do some of the knowledge transfer that's necessary. What is the need and how are we helping right. meet that need? Right. So um, we've noticed over the years, the recent years, that each agency is struggling to keep up with the um, wonderful but um, disconcerting unemployment trends. So depending on which side of the coin you're on, it's great if you're in the market for a new job, right? right. But if you're the federal agency who needs stuff, that unemployment um, number being super low is very difficult to manage. So we found that these students and um, recent college graduates that would normally flood the gates of the government just aren't seeking those roles anymore. They're looking for um, more competitive 
opportunities out in the marketplace. And so the government has had a, a really big challenge to try to find the right talent to then take over for this aging workforce. So our job is really to identify that talent, get them interested and get them excited about what they can learn with the federal government and the national laboratory system. So for example, um, Lisa Gordon Haggerty of the NNSA has pointed out that we have a shortage in that, in that agency specifically. She's even said that we need to hire up to 2,000 workers by the end of 2019. That's a lot of Now, people. we're right around the corner from, right. from the end of 2019, right. so I hope she's making good traction on that, <laughs> and we'd be happy to help, it, help her, but, you know, that is a serious condition, right? So we have to make sure that all of our federal agencies are really being thoughtful in their approach and and. Ms. Gordon Haggerty has a plan, and that plan is to use students and recent college graduates in internship-like programs. We help do that. Right. And so ORISE is a program specifically set up to use students who have rich skills in STEM areas, and we train those students so that when they're ready to progress from a training program into the real world of their first real job, they're equipped. So not only is it just a one-year program, it can be up to five years. Right. And the ORISE program really gives the students a hands-on research opportunity that they can turn into a lifelong career. They take that as a springboard, and a platform and then they move through their career by capitalizing on what they've learned. So they go from that early career um, opportunity of learning to applying that knowledge through our early career models right. on the workforce solutions side of the house. So it's a nice seamless process. We can take them from the training opportunities right into the, hey, you hit the ground running because you've already been trained up and the government has its value. So we right. work with the government on both sides, that on the internship side through the ARISE program, as well as on the um, temporary job placement side when the government has um, has gaps in their workforce. For specific individuals For, and skill sets. And yeah, so we, we're finding you know, the, the typical um, problems that every company is having, they can't find the technology folks, right? So you've got IT is a um, is an area that's really lacking talent because right. all those people are, are fully engaged already, right? They're so busy, they're, they're working. They're busy, they're, they're out there doing their thing. They've gone straight from college into a wonderful role and so they stay, they stay out there and they just move from one competitive job to the next. And that's kind of what we're seeing with this generation. Um, data analysts are well sought after same problem, right? We train those folks and, and get them in, through our, our college system, and they are they are just assets to whomever can scoop them up the fastest. Right. We are seeing trends with universities um, having organizations come in when the students are freshmen and trying to recruit them. So by the time they're seniors, they have already had several job offers. They're not looking the last semester of their career in college, right? They're looking their freshmen and sophomore years and they're doing internships and they're, they're really having magnificent opportunities to apply to great organizations. The government is at a disadvantage to be able to offer the same types of enticing things that maybe a Google can or an Amazon can. So what can we do about that? Well, and that's a question I guess I have for you is, is there a role for us to play in, let's step in there early and let's right. you know, push the agencies that we're working with, I guess, to 
get to those freshmen, to make those job offers, to get those right. internship opportunities in front of them early. Right. So I think some of that's just education and letting the federal agencies know that we're out there and that we have the solutions for them because um, they simply don't have the staff to go out and look for those. They, right. they just don't have the time that they can put to toward that goal. They have a few hands-on um, HR people that will do recruiting throughout the year, but the agencies are not equipped for the types of numbers that they need to pull in. Nor do they have the ability to hire all those students. So sometimes they just need a temporary capacity to bring them on. We find that the federal system typically has a, a hiring process that lasts from six months to a year. Oh my goodness. In the meantime, they've lost that talent. Sure. They're gone to another organization. Google's got them or Amazon's got them. And so they move a lot faster. They, yes, yeah. they, they have the ability to make job offers right there at a conference or at a recruiting fair. They're writing offer letters and, and presenting offers there. Wow. The government doesn't work at that speed, right. right? So we need to help them with a different approach and showing the value of research with a national laboratory or a federal facility. And some of that value is simply that the students and recent graduates can't work with some of the same tools and um, and perhaps equipment that they might be able to get into in one of those facilities or national laboratories. Okay. For example, you, you might have a piece of technology like a supercomputer mm -hmm. that just doesn't exist in every organization, right? right? right. Not every commercial um, company can, can afford what we have at the Oak Ridge National Lab right, right down the street from us. Right. So we're, we have those types of abilities to put our students in roles where they get to use this fabulous technology where they couldn't normally do right. that. Facebook doesn't have a super collider on campus. No, yeah. no, but isn't it cool <laughs> that they can get that right down the street right, from exactly. us and, and what a great place to live here in East Tennessee too. So there are the other the other advantages of maybe working um, with a national laboratory and learning their processes, but it sure doesn't hurt to have a hands-on um, research opportunity with a trained mentor. Right. So we like to send our students and recent graduates out to a facility that knows what they're doing with our students and have long histories of working with research participants. It's not enough for somebody to say, hey, hire them, send them over, they'll do a great job. No, they have to be invested. And these national laboratories and federal um, agencies really are invested. They understand that if they don't cultivate the interests of those students, they'll lose them. Right. They don't have the time and the energy to put um, all the effort in, in place sometimes to, to go recruit them. But once they have them, they are very engaged with those students. And that makes all the difference in the world. So um, it's our job to go find them. Right. Yeah. And I assume on some level we're working with our government agency partners to let them know, hey, this is our skill set. This, you know, we know right. your workforce is aging. This is what we do. You know, this is what we do. We can help you bring in younger people, younger minds, right. help with the knowledge transfer, make sure that if someone retires, that knowledge doesn't Right. The knowledge transfer is a huge problem right now, right? So we need to be able to take that emerging workforce, put them in place long enough 
to to gain that knowledge and then easily be able to pick up the ball and run with it so that when that retiree is ready to walk out the door the knowledge doesn't walk out the door with them right. that's a huge concern for organizations today not just um, the government but every organization right. needs to have a plan for how they transfer that knowledge and our programs give enough time and opportunity to those students to be able to work alongside with those mentors who are really some of the most expert in their areas, right? So there are scientists and technologists who have grown up in this system, and there's nothing like having a mentor who can share with you his 20, 40 years of experience. Absolutely. So you don't get that just just walking in the door of a Google. You know, right. they're, they're, they're not <laughs> going to say, they're, they're not going to be able to say, hey, remember when we did this back for the Manhattan Project? Right, you know? right. It's a neat thing to have the, um, the knowledge transfer. And, and one of the things that we have to look at, though, is how do we do that? Mm -hmm. the, the millennials are, are really in play at this point, but we're also looking at Generation Z, which we're now calling Generation AI or, or Generation <laughs> Artemis, if you're, right. if you're looking yes. at NASA, right? right? So exactly. there's all kinds of names for this fabulous generation that's just on the heels of the millennials. But if you look at what the millennials want, the millennials want collaboration. The millennials want flexibility in their workplace. They want to be consulted and they want to feel like part of the team. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure that the opportunities that are available to them are all of those things. Right. And if not, then they're going to walk and they're going to find something else. The, the landscape is very competitive with, as we mentioned, the, the lowest unemployment in some of these technical and, and scientific areas that's ever been. Right. And, and so to, the challenge is finding the right place for the candidate and making sure that we nurture that. Right. So it's exciting. It is exciting. There's a lot going on. And I we know, <laughs> I know it keeps you and your team very busy. We are very engaged and very busy doing these things, but we love it. And I've got a fabulous staff of recruiters and project managers who ensure that daily we are, we're out there and we're on top of it and we're trying to meet the needs of those national partners that we have. Wonderful. Are there, Michelle, specific steps that we are taking to address this issue with our, our customers? Is it just a function of continuing to just... It's communicate really, with them. It's really communication and education and, and making sure we identify areas of need with our partners. So um, we have offer customized solutions. So not every agency has the same need, right? right? And that's very important that we don't try to apply a cookie cutter approach to everything we do. That's not going to work. Right. We need to understand the pain points that every agency or laboratory is going through and really be able to cater to that. And one of those things is just where do our recruiting dollars go? Mm -hmm. It's it's expensive to hire a student or a recent graduate these days. I mean, it can cost upwards of thirty or forty thousand dollars really? once you hire them and train them. So that okay. that is an investment in time and energy. So you don't want to make the wrong hire, right? Absolutely. You don't want to make the wrong placement in an in an internship. So we want to do our very best in identifying those students early on the fastest we can to get them into the process the quickest so that we can get them trained the fastest and get them up to speed, right? So one of the tools that we use are virtual career fairs. Right. This is a fabulous opportunity for the national laboratories and federal agencies to not spend as much money in reaching out to those students, but they have a better reach perhaps than if they were to go to an in-person career fair because not only are they getting students down the street at their local university, they now have a nationwide or even 
even international reach because mm -hmm. anyone can participate via computer in a virtual career environment, right? So we set up these virtual career fairs on a fall and spring basis, and we ask our laboratory partners to jump in with us, bring their scientists, and be part of the process. And that really gets the brand awareness out there so that students know, hey, there's an opportunity here. I need to start looking at what these agencies are doing and what right. these national laboratories need. Maybe I'm a fit. They can talk to a scientist and see themselves in that scientist and understand that their role could then be the role that that scientist is playing now but just in the future, right? right. So it, it, that engagement that we offer with those virtual career fairs really could be the spark that ignites mm -hmm. somebody to go to our applicant tracking systems intellect and apply tomorrow, right? So we wanna garner that interest but guess what? We're saving money because the national laboratories don't have to travel. The students don't have to travel. The students can pop in or out dur during their school schedules. They don't have to travel eight hours to an event right. where they meet one organization. They can then, you know, have the flexibility of meeting multiple organizations at the same time. And what I love from the mentor side of it is if I'm a scientist and I'm looking for one or two applicants to bring on my team, mm -hmm. I can interact with them in the virtual space, you know, and be communicating with them to hopefully help encourage them right. to go to Zintelect to apply. But I have a feel for who these people are, who these individuals might be as you're working on recruiting them to bring them into the system. So I have a knowledge base, again, as a mentor, of, yeah, that's someone I want to Absolutely. Bring on my team. I want to share my knowledge with. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And as soon as those students feel connected to the mentor, they're more encouraged to apply. If they think, oh, I'm just one of thousands going into this application process, they're never going to call me. But if they have that one-on-one -on -one interaction in that virtual career fair room and they make a connection and say, hey, I loved your paper on XYZ, and that mentor says, yeah, I'll be glad to share my thoughts on this, or hey, I'd love to talk to you about this offline, that's really mm -hmm. going to make that student want to apply even more and and realize that, hey, this is not just a numbers game for them. They are interested in me as a student and, and what I can offer their organization. So that's really encouraging. And we get a lot of really good feedback from not only the students, but the scientists who are involved in our career fairs. That's awesome. Because I'm thinking from the student perspective, and I know from talking to some of the some of the folks who are in research participation programs, you know, they're working with some of the superstars in their field. They are. You know, and you can't get that. <laughs> Let's Just say it on again. Any <laughs> you can't get that everywhere, and you probably can't get that in a corporate environment, but you can get it at a national lab or a federal research right. facility um, to be part of something that is big and important and right. world changing. Yeah, you, you think about um, NASA, for example. That's an organization that's going to have a huge need in the coming years, Absolutely. right? We're, we're going to the moon again. We're going to Mars this time. And we need not only the, the students in STEM, we actually need students in the arts as well. So right. they have made a push to say it's not just STEM, it's STEAM now. So, hey, what can you guys do to help find those students? Mm -hmm. and, and they're talking about starting early, right? K through 12 per 
programs. We need to encourage all those younger generation, the Artemis generation, if you will. And we need to get those folks just excited about science and technology and what the nation's doing now in our science programs. And everything from NASA to, you know, FDA and, and NNSA, there's all kinds of, of buzz around the neat things that the federal government is doing. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's incumbent on us. I know one of the things we love to do is talk about those things. Absolutely. You know, We're not are, shy, are we? What are, <laughs> what are our partner organizations, you know, right. our, the agencies we work with, what are they doing? And what are the folks that are doing our work, you yeah. know, at the bench side and getting published? What are they doing? Right. And our folks have done some amazing, amazing work. So. That's absolutely true. And, and isn't it great to be a part of such a thing? Absolutely. So. Absolutely. We love what we do. We do love what we do. Absolutely. <laughs> it's good to be passionate and, and love your job. And so ORU has really found a niche in, in helping our federal partners and national laboratory partners really find the right type of people yes. for what they need. And, and we want to continue that. We've been doing that for over 70 years. What a statement for the, the partnership that we have going with these agencies. And we want to continue that. That's right. Long live science. There you go. There you go. More to do. That's Lots right. more work, Lots right? Lots more work to Got to get to Mars. That's exactly right. We got to help. We got to help NASA get to Mars. There you so. go. There you go. Michelle Goodson, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you for listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. To learn more about any of the topics discussed by our experts, visit www.orau.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at ORAU, and on Instagram at ORAU Together. <laughs>